All right, y'all. It's time to get back to the bunt. It has been a long week. We hope you enjoyed the long weekend, but it's time to get back to business. The bunt is brought to you by the number one shoe in skateboarding, and that's Vans without a doubt, baby. <laughs> It's episode two. Chima just dropped his second shoe, so we're going to give him back-to-back ads as he deserves. The Chima 2 is chocked full of that Vans skate technology. And who better to tell you than our resident footwear technician, the Ghost. Bruv, it's the Chima 2, and you know Vans didn't hold back when it came to giving you the best technology available in the skate shoe game. <laughs> The combination of the upgraded Duracap technology and the Ultra Kush Light 3D sock liner make this one of the most versatile skate shoes in the game. You dig? You'll be skating bowls, stairs, rails, and you ain't gonna feel a damn thing on your foot. Say goodbye to them heel bruises, son. So get out there and blast a switch tray like Chima would. Yo, Vans, off the wall since 1960, motherfucking six. Drop that bitch. Welcome back to the bunt. Man, it is ice cold outside, but it's burning up inside Studio E. We ready for episode two of season six. I'm D Jones. I got the ghost with me. And as usual, Ants one behind the scenes. It's a cool thing. My man, tell the people what we got going on for this week. We got a special fucking episode popping this week. I mean, they all is, but we got one of my favorites in the building of all time. James fucking Hardy, switch tray gang, sergeant, general, corporal, whatever you want to call him. You know what I'm saying? Real as they come. And you know what it is. We taking y'all straight to the post office and then we wrapping it up with a rundown and a fun little new segment, Weekly Wax or something. We're going to figure out what to call it. You already know what it is. Let's get this show on the road. A new episode pitting the two hosts of your favorite podcast against one another in an all-time battle. You won't want to miss it. But just so the people know, we're not on video, but we hopefully one day we'll get there because when Safer said James Hardy, he threw his hands up in the air (laughs) and the people need to see that shit, man. Yo, you already know what it is. Hit us on social media, Facebook, at the bunt on Instagram at the bunt live. Send your questions and voice notes to the bunt live at gmail.com. And yo, you know what the fuck it is. Head over to that website, thebuntlive.com, because we got interviews and we got clothing dropping real soon, B. Yeah, we got some clothes up there right now. The web store is going to be closing coming up soon, so it's going to be your last chance to get what we got on there before we drop the new stuff. So if you haven't already and you need yourself a Kobe tea, get that Mamba mentality in you and head over to thebuntlive.com because eventually they're going to be off, man. That's real fucking shit, blood. You know what time it is before we get into the interview. We always crack in a cold one. And what kind of beer we drink over here at Studio E? Canada's premium pilsner. The only buzz. Let's get it.
we got James Hardy in the building. My man, welcome inside Studio E. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm stoked. Texas yeah. to T.O. still. We out here. Connections, baby. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> so we start every show the same. Hit us with your favorite sports moment and your favorite skate moment. Uh, favorite sports moment. It would have to be uh, Alabama re- winning recently in the national championship. That was a, a crazy game if you watched. Um, yeah, I didn't actually expect Alabama to win. So uh, in the fashion they won. So I'm going to go with that as a favorite sports moment. When that kid missed the field goal, yo, I thought he was going to be getting all kinds of death threats if you guys <laughs> lost the game. <laughs> Probably. And that would have been pretty uh, standard for Alabama just to lose in that fashion. So I'm glad oh. it turned out the other way around. Favorite skate moment would have to be when I was a kid. I had a friend from Huntsville where I grew up, and uh, he was from Dothan, Alabama. I would go on uh, trips with him down to Dothan every uh, once in a while. One of the trips, there's this place called Deer Run where we used to always just go skate. A bunch of uh, skaters would set up random rails and build boxes and ramps and stuff. You know, we were skating there one day, and uh, I heard someone say, hey, Jamie Thomas just rolled up. And I was, uh, you know, I was like, what? No way. Like, you know, I'd, I hadn't met a pro yet, and it was, like, super just weird even hearing that. And I look, I, you know, I turn around, and uh, sure enough, he's rolling up. And it was him, and uh, who I didn't know at the time, Chad Foreman, who uh, actually had a big part in uh, Black Box and Zero and everything. That was a pretty crazy moment, just skating as a kid, watching, you know, dying to, or not dying, it hadn't even been out yet, watching Misled Youth and uh, Welcome to Hell come out and uh yeah that was a pretty crazy moment i guess in skating that was pretty shocking and then the chief shows up man did he do yeah. one of his classic 180 nose grinds or what <laughs> he, i think he was just cruising he was actually uh it was right when dying to live was coming out so he was just kind of back home i think i think he had a premiere somewhere nearby and uh yeah he was just in town and it was just uh yeah it was crazy it was just super surreal i was like man that's a pro skater that's so weird and he was super nice talked to all of us uh I think I had a yellow shirt on, so uh, I mentioned <laughs> once I started riding for uh, Fallen, I you know I bring up that story to him, and he's like, you know, I do remember that. I remember a kid with a yellow shirt, and I was like, that was me. <laughs> <laughs> so that was uh, one of my favorite skate moments. That's crazy. Uh, how old are you? You seem like you're around our age. Misled Youth uh, was probably your first Zero video too. Yeah, yeah. It was actually my first video ever was uh, Misled Youth. So I'm uh, 29. Oh, hell yeah. Me too. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> one more year to go building the bond already are we safe <laughs> yeah bro <laughs> so tell us about young james hardy growing up in alabama and uh getting into skating uh let's see i got into skating when i was my 12th birthday i'd asked for a skateboard um i grew up playing sports a bunch uh i was on the uh middle school soccer team at the time and uh i had Sick. this yeah yeah pretty rad uh <laughs> i had this buddy he uh lived in a trailer down the street and he lived on all this like <clears throat> acreage i would go skate with him or not skate sorry i would go hang out with him and we would uh ride four wheelers and just kind of cruise around his land and his older brother skated this uh abandoned car dealership all the time and so it had like pole lights that were laid down you know so they were like ankle high he could get on to the top and kind of grind all the way down and so i went uh, with yeah. him one we were just bored one day went with him and uh i was just watching him grind this uh pole light and i was like man that looks so fun you know just like everything about it and mm-hmm. I, was like, I was like damn i should uh 
I should get into that. So I asked my mom for a skateboard. I got it on my 12th birthday. And then, uh, yeah, that was it. I was getting skating. And so. You're hooked. Yeah, yeah. I, uh, skating, I, I mean, I think you guys would probably agree. It, was, it wasn't it was as cool, obviously, then. It, uh, yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. <laughs> there was a, <laughs> it was the skaters, and then there was everybody else. So I just, you know, in my middle school, once I got more into it, I found the skaters, would skate with them, and uh, skate all the random parking lots around the neighborhoods after uh, school. And then I got lucky, and they opened up a skate park like six months into skating after I got into it. And, uh, yeah, I would just try and weasel my way there every chance I got. That's what's up. How old are you in grade 7? I think 12 is like grade 6. Yeah, yeah, I guess. I was a year ahead, so I was in 7th grade, actually. So, um, but yeah. Yeah, skate park opened right before I turned 13, so. That's probably the same age I got my first board. Same. My mom got me my first complete in grade seven for my birthday. Yep. <clears throat> yep. That's how it started. So. Start waxing that curb up, man. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I didn't have anything to skate at first, and there was a stop sign at the bottom of the street, and it was the closest thing to a pole light that I saw my buddy skating. So I drilled two, uh, <laughs> like, four-by-fours to the bottom of it. Mm-hmm. and But they would stick out, you know, so you couldn't do, like, smith grinds or anything. So it was, like, crooked grinds. <laughs> And it was uh, 50-50s, pretty much. Anything, or 5 O's, anything that you could uh, get past. You couldn't do lip slides or board slides, so it was uh, that was my, like, skate spot for forever. I actually drove by that house not that long ago, and it's still there, just sitting in the, the woods next to it. <laughs> <laughs> so it was pretty cool. That's hilarious. So we heard a little bit about the young James Hardy. Now, how did you get your first big break into the skate industry? So I sent a you know a sponsor tape to some skate shops back in the day and faith skate supply the owner of faith he reached out to me and was like yeah well uh you know if you want to come to birmingham which was an hour and a half south of where i grew up so mm-hmm. i like begged my mom i was like just take me there one weekend and she wasn't really down she didn't understand it so then my <laughs> my buddy uh ross martin he's actually the one that introduced me to the bunt actually so shout Ooh, out to ross. foss farton yeah foss farton you Shout out to him, man. Hey, oh, well, yeah. he slid into our DMs and gave us a little dirt on you, so. Yeah! Oh, that's good. Nice that's shouts good to, to him. All right, maybe not <laughs> Maybe not shouts to him after a while. We'll see. <laughs> but, uh, me, yeah, me and him went to uh, Birmingham and uh, met up with all the Faith guys and uh, stayed stayed with our buddy Craig Kirk for the weekend and uh, just skated around with all those dudes. And uh, that's how I got in with Faith. And then down the line with Faith, once I was once I was in with them, we started filming for Reason to Believe, that skate shop video. Mm-hmm. And uh, the filmer of that was uh, Joel Dombowski, and he had filmed a little bit with Jamie in uh, Forever Dying to Live. So he already knew Jamie. Oh, and then I guess after a while, you know, after I got some footage, and Joel always had my back, so... Uh, he, I guess he reached out. To, I'm not sure how it happened, but he sent my footage because Jamie was interested in the video. And, uh, you know, Jamie saw my footage for the video, and then he wanted to be a part of it. Uh, not because of me, by any means, but he just liked mm-hmm. Faith. And Ben uh, Gilly was in the video, so that was a huge deal. Sick. Uh, so he just wanted to be in the video, and then he reached out to me after seeing some of my, I guess, clips, and was just like, hey, uh, are you getting... Well, I mean, yeah, I think he knew I wasn't getting anything besides... Uh, ben Gilly uh, hand-me-downs so uh, yeah 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 
he was just like, hey, if you want shoes and boards, we'll give you uh, Fallons and Zero boards. And I was like, yeah, I mean, shit, obviously. It's, uh, you know, it's, being from Alabama, you hear about Jamie, and then obviously Zero is a huge deal, or was a huge deal there at the time. And so I was, like, beyond stoked. And, uh, yeah, that's kind of how it started, I guess. Gave that's me a, dope. Yeah, gave me a box. The shoes were insane. He sent me, like, eight pairs of shoes, which was ridiculous. Uh, and then a whole box of Zero boards. I was, like, on cloud nine. It was crazy. That Damn. first box will blow you away. <laughs> yeah, it was mind-blowing. Still crazy one. They send you so many shoes in one box. Straight from a legend, too. That's yeah, insane. yeah. And he was always super nice. Uh, tell us a little bit more about Ben Gilly, man. You have a close relationship with him? Yeah, I do. Um, he uh, he uh, lives not that far from me in Birmingham. You know, I'm living in Texas right now, but when we're back home, we either get together or go skate or, you know, when I'm not working or he's not working, we just try and go do, you know, he's into going outdoors and doing stuff like that. So we'll either meet up, go skate, or I'll see him at the bars on occasion. And he rides motorcycles and all my buddies ride motorcycles back there. They have this uh, warehouse, they call it a dojo, and they have a bunch of like rails and ramps set up. So I'll go there and skate when I'm back home after work. And we'll just, uh, you know, I always see him through that. Or And then his, his lady and my lady are pretty good friends. So it's pretty easy. I usually see him a lot. Damn, an unexpected update on Ben Gilly. I think the skateboard world needed to hear that. Yeah, he's got a good, he's got a uh, baby girl. It's like his world now. So he just you know, takes care of what he's got going on. He's he's the man. Nice. What's a what's a mellow like ledge session with with Ben Gilly? I can't picture it. <laughs> just, I'm used to them twenty stair five O's. <laughs> yeah, uh, we just. Uh, I mean, he just does what he does. You know, he's <laughs> <laughs> obviously he's just good at what he's good at. So he, he will. We have a flat bar that we always skate at the dojo, and uh, yeah, he's like me, you know, he'll skate when he can. He's busy a lot working and with his mm-hmm. kids, so, um, and I'm busy with work a lot now, too, so whenever we do get to skate, it's just fun, just good time, so. Hell yeah. Bang Gilly. Yeah, he's a shit. <laughs> yeah. Ruthless animal on them rails. <laughs> so, I'm just going to come right out and say you're one of my favorite skaters, <laughs> but I'm always interested and who my favorite skaters favorite skaters are because that's kind of like the influence that turns you into the skater you are so who are some of the guys that helped craft you and your bag of tricks uh early on like uh dying to live was the one of the earlier videos i saw and so that whole video was crazy at the time and but the first part john alley that part just always like oh yeah yeah. struck me as crazy because at the time i'm sure you guys agree like the way he flipped in and maybe he just did it so proper i was like that doesn't exist mm-hmm. like his flick yeah. is so fast and uh he just did everything really good so early on john ellie uh he was a huge influence keith kirchart <laughs> before i met him he was a huge influence uh <laughs> st- still one of my favorite skaters but yeah people uh you know I, what, what other videos that i grew up on uh sight unseen that was like a video that we just had you know we didn't have like every video mm-hmm. but the ones that we had so that was a huge one yeah so i guess just those are just a couple jamie obviously because he's from alabama so he was always a huge influence on me that's what's yeah. up the john alley one makes sense yeah i saw your ears perk up when he said john alley. <laughs> the flip in section in that part just yeah, changed always, the game man yeah we it was always ridiculous. talk about that he did it so everything was so proper yeah, to this day, I've never seen anyone kickflip so precisely 
into shit yeah like so yeah. fast like maybe dustin dolan but his aren't as precise oh big fan of him too if we're gonna Loose mention ball. Early. <laughs> <laughs> hope and a prayer <laughs> so Damn. according to the ghost you're a high-ranking officer in the switch tray gang but perhaps more impressive than your switch tray is its close cousin the nolly tray <laughs> which do you prefer uh nolly tray is easier now so i'll just go with that one but i i you know my buddy ross he's the one who the way he introduced me he was like he, he sent me the uh i guess the voiceover of you saying i was in a switch tray gang and i was always <laughs> like <laughs> i was always like oh man awesome I, and then i started thinking i was like which ones did i do i don't even remember how i if how i would get into that club so i mean i think i did one against morgan at the barracks and then i had one i think i have one of my fallen part yeah and you had one in ride the sky but trust me i see these things you did it properly that's all you need is one proper one with your shoulders squared and the nolly trays the nolly trays are always a reminder of that switch tray so <laughs> appreciate it you and the gang because you know what it is but he's going with the nolly tray over the switch tray man yeah, i'm lazy these days it's easier that's so, fine yeah. though but there's no beef between nolly trays and switch trays you know what i'm saying I don't, yeah it's it's all family. i haven't heard of any either yeah, yeah. no trust me oh, <laughs> it's man. all love in the gang that's a good way to get introduced to the show though were you glad to hear you made safe as his rankings or what yeah so i uh, heard that and then i started listening to the podcast you guys are hilarious actually and uh i just started listening to <laughs> old ones new ones and uh yeah just uh that's that's how i got into it ross is a he's a, the biggest skate nerd so anytime i hear something i'll go to ross i'm like hey man is this is this what's going on and he's like no 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 this is how it is i'm like oh okay cool, cool. <laughs> more in the loop than you yeah the pro yeah. himself that's funny can you take us behind the scenes now that we're talking nollie and switch trays on that nollie tray over the rail because i think that might be i don't know if it's the best one ever done but <laughs> best one you've ever done no best one i've ever seen oh, myself okay that's my favorite nollie tray Def definitely not best one ever done uh, shane o'neill's definitely had some crazy ones oh yeah he's got herman's some, one was i don't know too. yours was the legs were spread proper it was, <laughs> uh, everything was perfect so I, I went there a couple times actually so i think that was my third go at it i think i had some weird real commercial where i'm like freaking out like focusing my board over it and then uh but that day actually speaking of john alley he was there and uh yeah i was just hyped uh i hadn't landed on one <laughs> and uh i was pretty discouraged i guess going into it and uh that day i actually you know i ride a bigger board and for whatever reason i was like you know i'm gonna try a smaller board maybe that'll just help get it up and so uh for sure I stepped down to, I think, an 8.1, and, uh, yeah, just the first one I landed on was that one, and I was probably just as shocked as, you know, anybody there. It was, uh, yeah, <laughs> I, I, in my opinion, for me, I couldn't have done it better, so it was definitely shocking, <laughs> and uh, that was the uh, most hyped I've ever been on a trick, too, so. Fuck yeah. Yeah, I would probably watch that, like, 15 times today, yo, trying to <laughs> get, get some questions ready. That shit was, mm, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> appreciate it. <laughs> so a lot of your footy over the years has been at lesser known haggard spots you could say <laughs> you've put out full parts like in alabama i think 
Does that make it easier for you when you go to the crispy spots like Cali and just shutter diesel with like them nolly trays and shit? <laughs> uh, I, I guess, uh, I mean, the spots are just, I guess, different in California. They're like, yeah, I guess, yeah, they're so perfect, you know, like mm-hmm. the ground smooth. Usually everything about the spots, perfect. The rails are insane there. And uh, <laughs> I guess so. I mean. Yeah, I, I like filming parts in Alabama. It's cool just because, you know, in California, it's if you go to a spot, you're thinking of, okay, well, what hasn't been done? And that's right. kind of that's kind of half the battle is finding a trick that is worth trying or and then getting it if it's a spot that's been killed. So in Alabama, you know, I don't, I never had to, you know, deal with that because it was pretty much first come, first serve. So, yeah, I guess it's, it's easier to film. It's definitely easier to me to film in Alabama just because you're not dealing with that, the whole, uh, what's, what's been done. So yeah, sure. California, yeah. California was always hard in that aspect. Like you'd get to a rail and it would be good for one trick and it's like, Oh, what's his face flipped into it? You go, okay, next spot. <laughs> <laughs> Might as well just find a new spot rather than think of a new trick. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes life easier. So the spots are a little crispier, but everything's been done versus, a more haggard spot but you can just do like a, a nolly crook and it hasn't already been tray flip crooked yeah yeah so i always like spots that have been as i got older anyway when i was younger living in that black box and all that uh i would just think of a, I would probably think of a trick at a spot spend all the time practicing i guess the black the black box park and then try and go get it and hopefully it worked out as compared to when i filmed like that thrasher part that was just with a friend in alabama and that was just easy it was like oh if we find a spot let's just you know film something on it so mm-hmm. a lot different yeah, that was a true blue collar part yo Fucking <laughs> that last smith grind yo god damn oh yeah well, uh, shout out to gilly on that one he actually grinded it and no one ever i think people kind of forget that he grinded that in the zero video so 50 did yeah yeah he did yeah it was in a Fucking one of those zero videos i think the promo video he had a couple of tricks and he's like eating shit in the bushes like I was. And oh, uh, yeah, yeah. I think I remember that too. Yeah. 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 So he actually grinded first. Give him credit. I always love those parts where it's like all filmed in one city or to an even bigger extent when Boris did all at the one spot. Oh, yeah. That was so red. Might have to hit up our boys, Weary and Lowry. Get them to <laughs> send this man a blue collar t shirt, yo. <laughs> I think so too. I'll wear it. <laughs> they have, yeah, they have a, a hardware company up in Canada. Shouts to the boys. Blue collar hardware. Yeah, day. <laughs> I love Canada. Send me a package. I'm down. <laughs> we, we got a package for you. So when you do get released on them Cali spots, you tend to shut them down. Can you take us behind the scenes on the switch pop shove nose grind down the 10 stair? Yeah. Uh, that was a rail that I always liked, but I never could think of a trick for. You know, same story. Just everything had been done i think brockman always killed that rail and he always had a bunch of tricks on it and uh i was in man if it wasn't for black box park i was in the black box park just you know they had this little i don't know if you guys ever went there back in the day they had this little six stair rail and it was like so small and you could learn any trick on it and uh i could always do that trick on ledges and flat bars so i just started trying it down that rail and i actually learned it the day i went to go do it so i learned it at like lunchtime and or I would say learn it. I just took it to the rail because I could do them on flat bars and uh, did it on that six stair rail and then hit up my buddy Winterberg. I think he's the one who filmed it. And then we just, Joey Shigeo shot the photo and we just went out there close to midnight 
man, it took me forever too. Uh, I, w- I wouldn't say that it was easy or I was anywhere close, but it was just one of those things that worked out because I was, I knew I could do it because you know I had been doing them earlier in the day. I think I did a handful on that rail and I just had the confidence. So it was just one of those things where it wasn't for the black box park probably would never happen. <laughs> and, that was uh, a mad thing, yo. Yeah, <laughs> it's randomly kind of in the middle of your part. Jesus. Yeah, yeah. That was a uh, that was another one actually probably one of the harder tricks I've ever done. So just another blue collar story, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Grabbed his lunch pail and went to work. That's all it is. <laughs> yeah. So lucky, lucky, uh, lucky. Somehow I made that. Enough but, respect, blood. That's funny. When I got to Savis House today, he was watching your parts, and then I started watching them too. I think I got through the second one, and I'm like, I'm like, damn, this guy can—he's got them switch nose grinds on the rails. And Save was like, yeah, just wait. He switched shove nose grinds a ten stair. I was like, all right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, That's yeah. one of my favorite tricks. Donald knows so. Yeah. When I awesome. when I see that on a fucking ten stair, I still haven't seen that trick done yeah, like that was crazy. really on a on a legit rail. Yeah, no, I think uh, Mariano is the one. I think he did it. No, I can't remember what video it was, but that's how i learned it on flat bars i was like oh i can kind of you know switch nose grind and i think i was learning switch pop shovets and so i was like oh that's that'll you know throw people for a loop because i don't flip my board as much as i should probably so mm. <laughs> Wait, who'd you say did it uh guy mariano uh, he did it in some video i can't remember what video it was maybe mouse or earlier on it was on a smaller rail but i just was yeah. always like oh damn that's a rad trick uh enrique lorenzo I think he did switch up nose grind revert perfectly uh, on that. What's that spot called? Was it LA High or something where Wade did heel flip backsmith? Yeah, that might have been it. Oh man, that heel flip backsmith. That was uh, that was crazy. Jesus. Yeah, I think Enrique did switch up nose grind revert like perfectly, if I remember correctly, in digital. I know you guys are big Wade D fans. That was my uh, that was my first clip I ever saw of Wade D, and that was so mind blowing at the time. <laughs> yeah, I was yeah. fucked. What was more mind blowing, the trick or the size of the T-shirt? <laughs> uh, uh, t- the trick. I didn't care about what he's wearing, uh, <laughs> but I mean, uh, even if someone did that today and did it as good as he did it, I'd be like, wow, what a trick! And that was crazy. Yeah, he got in that one pretty good. Yeah. yeah. So we think you're underrated, but have you ever felt like you were overlooked throughout your career? How do you feel about that? Not really. I mean, skateboarding is just weird that you can make money from it in general. So to be able to support myself from skating as long as I did, I wouldn't say I was overlooked by any means or anything. So, yeah, that's a weird one. I wouldn't say so. Uh, You know, like I said, to make money and to travel and to do all the things that you're able to do as a skater is just kind of crazy you know <laughs> yeah. now, now working too people are like you did what and like if it ever comes up i'm like <laughs> yeah i uh, i used to travel they're like to do what i'm like i really don't know i just did wrote <laughs> 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 a piece of wood and did tricks that people were into which is mm-hmm. just you know even young i just was like man this is like it's such a lucky thing to be able to do so yeah not really oh that's good it's good to look at it that way doesn't change the fact i still think you know what i'm saying well at least for me you're you're one of the fucking gnarliest and best to do it but <laughs> thanks i mean outside of the money you can like gain a huge experience just from oh totally being pro that's like traveling and what you get to see is mind-boggling yeah that's what i was gonna say the traveling once i got to travel with uh fallen they did all the crazy trips that i've been on so that mm-hmm. al- <clears throat> that alone was like you know enough to be stoked on so yeah. yeah so now that you've moved on 
you we hear you're an electrician these days how are you balancing working a trade and skating uh i just uh like with this job i'm working a little bit longer hours so i haven't been skating as much but there but i also recently found like a skate park nearby where i live here in mccallan texas so mm-hmm. if i get off early enough uh i'll just go by the skate park on the way home and hit it for you know like an hour do some laps try and kind of treat it like a workout these days more than anything so exercise man you yeah sweat yeah and it's actually without the pressure it's actually just gone back to just being fun like when i was a kid so it's mm-hmm. uh, it's pretty enjoyable now and i don't look at it any i guess <clears throat> differently i just uh it, i don't get to do it as much uh as i used to and i guess it has to do with like my knees a little bit too my knees are a little bit tattered so mm-hmm. when it feels good i skate and then if it doesn't feel good, I just don't, I don't force it. So right. I think near the end of, uh, like when I knew it was kind of all going, not south per se, but <laughs> I was just feeling the pressure of how good skating was getting. And I knew what my body could do. I, I just knew like, I don't know, I, I guess I'm going in circles, but yeah, I just was like, ah, oh, it's going to go back to fun pretty here soon. So yeah. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I just try to have the right attitude about it. And, uh, yeah, it's not bad. I mean. Yeah, we hear that a little bit on the show is that it really does come full circle, man. And at the end, it is just as fun as it was when you started. can get a little serious at times. No, oh, totally. Yeah. It's like video pressure that, uh, you know, that stuff. Mm-hmm. To say it's stressful is, like, weird because it's just skateboarding. But when it's your income and you know you're always getting injured and stuff it it just gets stressful so and then kids are so good too so you (laughs) yeah trying to hang with people in videos like it's it's like a lot i don't ever want to put out stuff that it doesn't look like it belongs in the video either Mm -hmm. so you don't want to force it i was just about to say yeah you don't you don't strike me as one of those dudes who's going to put out a half-ass wall ride fucking Mm. (laughs) power slide fucking soft thing no yeah. slide no slide a little ledge to fakey artsy push i mean you know if people saying? wanted to see me do that then maybe but i don't want to see myself do that i'll leave it to people who look good doing it so yeah, um, yeah. but like the last real video was that through and through and through video that mm-hmm. brockle had a part and uh jack and yeah that was where i was like man i'm i'm on the tail end over here i, I feel like none of my <laughs> i don't feel like any of my tricks belong in this video and with all those dudes they were just killing it so yeah, I was just slowing down near the end there. So in the fallen video, Road Less Traveled, you mentioned having some gnarly injuries and not knowing if you'd be able to skate at a pro level again. What were the injuries and how did you manage to get back on the board? Hmm. So basically right when the real video came out, I had, or right before actually, I had my third knee surgery on my left knee. And uh, I actually went to the premiere for the since day one on crutches and... Uh, it just took a long it was like a nine to eight, nine month to like a year of rehab on surgery because they pulled my meniscus completely out and had to shave bone Fuck. and Jesus. so it just took a long time and i did some like prp uh treatments for it and everything so that was a that was a huge knee injury and i the doctors were like yeah you're probably just gonna have to take it easy a little bit here and there and uh you'll, you'll skate again but just you know you're not going to be doing what you're doing again and uh, so I just didn't know, you know, I didn't, I don't think I told my sponsors or anything either. I just kind of kept it to myself. So that was when I was, I was living out of my car too. I bought a car just to live out of when I was skating. 
because I was like trying to trying to save my money because right. I knew it was like the fairy tale was gonna come to an end one day, and uh, yeah, it just took a long time to come back from. And then when I did, that was basically when they were they were already filming for Red Less Travel, so I missed a couple of the first trips. And so that trip to Portugal for that video was my first uh, skate trip since my knee injury was over. And uh, yeah, that was uh, that was number three. Number four, that was my, I guess, if we're talking about knee injuries, that was, I got my fourth knee surgery September 3rd, 2000, what year was that, 15? Yeah, 15. And uh, that was when I was riding for decline. And I remember being in bed and Mike Sinclair <laughs> called me and was just like, hey, uh, I know you're probably laid up and everything, but we, your last paycheck's gonna be next month, so. Uh, you know, I hate to do it to you. We're good friends. If there's anything I can do, let me know. And so that was when I basically kind of knew that, yeah, skating was uh, probably coming to a halt soon because I was 26 at that time, I believe. And fuck, so young. Yeah, I just, but just having already on my fourth one and basically down to a board sponsor payment, which you know, I think anybody knows you can't live off of that if you're completely supporting yourself. You know, it doesn't have, no offense to real, it's not like it's on them or anything. It's just health insurance you have to pay for on your own. And so the bills were really stacking. And uh, also at the same kind of time as that, I guess I'll get into this also. I uh, started having seizures in my sleep when I was 25. And so that was kind of, that was starting to kind of come at me a lot. And uh, it kind of affected just like my mindset i was starting to have them and they were kind of every other month for a while and so i had one that same week that mike gave me the phone call and so i was having all these like bills stack up and then all these uh just uh knee surgery bills stack up plus the seizure bills stack up and uh no insurance and one paycheck and that's when i just was like oh man it's a it's it's just kind of time so it kind of just stopped making sense you know so that's how all that came about wow that's terrifying so yeah injuries just suck all together <laughs> no kidding Fuck. so then that's when you switched or like what was the process of switching to like becoming an electrician so yeah just back to the same thing i uh you know the injuries and the the seizures freaked me out so i that really wanted that that really kind of affected me more than the knee injuries at the time so that was like messing with me they were getting me to do all these ct scans and all these like uh eegs where they like put a thousand little things on your brain and like make you stay up for like 24 hours and kind of test your brain waves and see if they can find anything so every just the bills were starting to like really stack up and i didn't have health insurance anymore so i just uh i knew i had a window basically to you know jim wasn't going to cut me immediately i know i knew that he had my back (laughs) but i knew i just had a window to figure out how to get out and get in a better situation as far as like money uh not worrying about having to put like i guess what would you say my body on the line i guess that sounds stupid, but I guess that's what it was. <laughs> and then, uh, yeah, just kind of get a steady job and not worry about jumping down stuff to kind of, I guess, wreck myself more. So I uh, had a friend, my 
buddy Brian from Birmingham. He's been a long time friend too. He uh, he wrote for Faith back in the day. He's he uh, he's kind of always looked out for me, and he uh, he knew what I was kind of going through, I guess. And he just was like, uh, had a friend who owned his own painting company, so I started working with him a little bit just to figure out, you know, get some extra cash to help pay off bills, and then. He also had a buddy that owned an electrical company that he had worked for at one point in time, and he put me in contact with him. Uh, my buddy now, who's Wes, who owns the company, Wes Mitchell, who owns Crack Electric, which is who I work for. And uh, I just contacted him, told him my situation. Like, I was just trying to get out of skating just because of the physical part. And uh, he was like, yeah, man, if we get opening, you know, we're kind of slow right now just because we're going through a lot of changes. But once we do, we'll get you on board. and. Uh, you know, see where it goes. So once I started working there, he sent me to school, like kind of immediately. I went to school for about a year. And then once I was done with that, we just, um, he's been doing a lot of like random things. Like we just went, we have uh, contracts with what I'm doing out here in McAllen. Uh, and then last month we just went to like Gabon, Africa to work on the U.S. Embassy. Damn, and do stuff there. And then we had like a, yeah, it was pretty rad. Um, we had like a couple of days off to go to Paris, so that was pretty cool to be able to travel again. So, Heck. yeah, so it's been been I've been really lucky, yeah, you know, just with everything as far as skating goes. It's crazy to I guess make money off skating and then to be able to travel with electrical is pretty cool. That's <laughs> so sick. You bring your board sometimes on these trips? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, not to Gabon because I didn't think there was going to be anything to skate in Gabon, but uh, uh, out here there's like bunch of local parks all the kids are super cool i go to the park like every other day i try to when it feels good mm-hmm. and uh you know making friends here and just skating with the kids here it's been pretty fun it's been cool that's awesome man i feel like i just rambled a bunch but yeah oh, that was kinda dope. Just, it just went from one to the other <laughs> yeah it's good to hear it's good to hear that you're you're back on board though man yeah yeah so stoked to be skating again feels good knees feel good so i don't force it though like yeah. If the knees start to hurt, I just, you know, lay off for a little bit. Or it's hard skating back-to-back days now, too. It, uh, Fuck. I feel you. Like, yeah, the first day feels good, and then you're like, oh, man, I'm going to go get it the second day. And it's <laughs> it ain't happening, man. It, some days just after work it feels good, and some days after work it ain't there, man. Yeah. But the beauty of it is if it doesn't feel good, it's still fun because there's no pressure anymore. Yeah. So it's uh, all around good right now. You're fuck- yeah. it's, it's frustrating when it's your body that gives out before your actual drive like mentally yeah, totally. but hey seems like you're fucking doing fine skating for fun with ben gilly and uh working like a normal person so it's all good yes, yo dono man you seen the forecast b <laughs> springs on the way baby hey man enough of your daydreaming about spring this is where we spread the word about brixton Founded in 2004, Brixton is the collaboration of three friends who wanted to convey their lifestyle through unique products. The clean classic design of the Brixton collection has a modern yet timeless feel, and each piece is constructed with the commitment to bring our customers quality products they'll want to hold on to forever. That's what's really good, D. Jones. And guess what? The spring 2018 line is officially out now. So get over to Brixton.com, check out the line, and yo, shouts to Brad Cromer, get some of that Union collection as well. You dig? Q, 
can you tell us the story about uh, you and the young real boys when you were AMS and Cali all meeting each other and shit and Ernie Torres hazing you guys a little? Yeah, yeah. so we, uh, how old was I? I was 16, I was still in high school. But uh, they, Deluxe um, flew a handful of us out to San Francisco to stay with Jason Fares. And uh, Fares had like a upstairs and a downstairs. It was me, Chima, Ernie, Justin Brock, Sean Malto, and I feel like there was someone else there. But <laughs> Ernie, I think Ernie was just starting to party a little bit. And uh, I remember one night he was, you know, drinking us. Damien Bravo was there too. So him and Damien were drinking down in the basement. And, you know, I was upstairs with Justin. I was on the couch and Justin was on the floor. And, you know, we heard them staying up pretty late. Eventually I passed out. But then uh, somewhere in the middle of the night, I just hear the door upstairs open and someone like quietly creeping in and I'm asleep like on the couch trying to act like I'm you know not awake but I heard it and I was like what the hell is that and I, I hear Ernie pretty much like Justin Justin and I just hear Justin lose wind you know basically it sounded like he just got punched and I was like what the, what the hell was that and uh <laughs> I was still trying to act asleep and I just like was rolled up in the corner and it was Ernie Ernie comes up to me and he shakes me he's like James James man we got to go skate and he rolls me over and just socks me in the stomach and I just, you know, lose my breath or whatever. And he laughs and he, he's walking out the door, but he's by himself the whole time. He's like, yeah, man, we got him. And he just <laughs> walks out by himself back to, I guess, partying by himself. But that was... Uh, back to the fridge for another one. Yeah, that was a good, that was a good trip. Chima uh, got tortured a lot on that trip, if I remember correctly. Everybody was giving him hell because he was just hanging out at the, uh, the uh, house. He was, he was pretty over the, I guess, the hazing, and he didn't want to deal with it, so he would just hang back at the house when we would go skate. But, uh, yeah, that was one of, I think it was one of my like, first or second trips ever, so it was a good one. That's tight, man, getting socked by little Ernie. You could probably beat his ass down real easy now. He's a little ball of muscle. I don't know. I've, I've, scrapped, <laughs> I've scrapped with him a couple times on real trips. He's uh, He can hold his own. <laughs> okay, if he's okay. had too many drinks in him, I can handle him, but, yeah. <laughs> So, uh, yeah, keeping it, talking about fighting, what was it like uh, getting beat up as a youngin by one of your childhood skate idols, Heath Kirchart? <laughs> I was wondering if that was going to come up. So, uh, another Ben Gailey trip. We, uh, when I was 15, Ben, ben and me two, and two other homies uh, went out to California for the summer and uh, drove out there from Alabama. It was this, Ben tried to um, like when we first got out there. We were staying in San Diego, and Ben really wanted to five zero that rail at uh, Mirlands. If you guys know that school, the one with the mellow fourteen and the super steep twenty two that Shane Cross Smith grinded. If you know a Ben Gilly part, he fifties it, pushes a ton in the blackout video. It's like a weird fast forward they do, and then he back those grinds a bench, and then he does a weird fast forward thing again, and then he I think front salads the rail, the long mellow one. The long mellow rail is the one, uh-huh. is the one that uh, Figgy did big spin board slide on recently. Oh, oh okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Know, oh, from, yeah, yeah. Up from that's that steep twenty-two. Yeah, uh, Macno lip slid it. Yes, yes. Big fan. Yeah, Macno. Yeah. Um, perfect. Yeah, and uh, he tried to five zero that and was getting focused. He ended up breaking his foot on it, and uh, so broke his foot trying to five zero that rail. He was over the trip at that point. He just wanted to go hang out with his friends, which was Kurt Chart, 
Bob Reynolds, Skate Talk Bob, Dan Rogers, and Brian Young. They all lived in, I think it was Kirchhardt's house. I'm not sure if it was him that paid for it, but they were all roommates together in L.A. So we went to L.A. I was pretty bummed because San Diego, we skated more because Ben wasn't hurt yet. But uh, went to L.A. to stay with them. And I was turning 16, like, on the trip and while I was staying with them. And, you know, I was super excited to meet Kirchhardt. He was, like, one of my favorite skaters. But he was pretty reclusive as, you know, the tale goes with him. So he didn't actually ever come out, like hardly ever, when we were there for the first four or five days. And then that's when my birthday happened. So I'm asleep on the couch and I get lights come on and I get woken up being put in a headlock by Dan Rogers. He had some weird, he was into wrestling or some of that stupid shit. So he put me in some weird, (laughs) weird jockey headlock. And, uh, you know, I'm on my like face on the ground. He's pulling on my neck and uh i'm squirming you know i'll I'll throw ben in the bus he was in on it too he was like kicking my legs and like punching my legs and uh i was you know i was squirming and i think i kicked his foot so he hobbled off crying to the bedroom and then uh (laughs) heath was heath randomly came out of his cave and started like heel kicking the back of my thigh and like punching me uh my nose started bleeding at one point because I was in that stupid headlock for so long. They uh, beat my arms to like a pulp and my legs to a pulp. I couldn't walk or move my arms. And uh, <laughs> so after all, Skate Talk Bob, he was in on it, all those, whatever, all three of those guys, Brian Young too. And uh, eventually I'm so like just tired, I just gave up. I was like, oh, keep beating me, I don't care. And uh, <laughs> they <laughs> duct tape my arms together and then duct taped my feet and like my my whole legs together and then threw me in the backyard like just left me there and uh wow. someone had a like what was it flower they'd come out and they thought that was even cooler just to throw flour on my face so they threw wow. flour on my face after a while they felt bad because i was like spitting it out so stupid so jockey and uh and then they came and hosed me down with a water hose left me oh out, my God. left me out there for like another 30 minutes and uh Eventually, you know, the, the party's over. They cut me loose and let me go shower and whatever. I, I hated all of them. I was, like, you know, 16. I thought all these dudes were, like, you know, pro skaters supposed to be rad. I thought I left the job stuff <laughs> back in middle school. Jesus. But, uh, I was Holy just fuck. typical jockey shit. So, anyway, I shower and uh, rinse off, go to bed, exhausted, like, just barely stand. I wake up in the morning and my eyes are just plastered shut, like with pus. Like, I could not open my eyes. I had to take my fingers and like peel my eyelids open. And so, oh. you know, Ben is hurt or something. I don't remember if he was around even at the next day. So I was like begging someone. I think Skate Talk Bob actually ended up taking me to the hospital, and uh, I had to get <laughs> they I had to get a money order because I didn't have any enough money left for my mom to you know make the appearance because. For whatever reason it was gonna cost me some money up front and uh go to the doctor they're like what happened to you <laughs> and i was like uh i had some flour thrown in my face last night no reason to get into it but yeah and she was like yeah your the flower in your eye has caused this weird infection you're not gonna be able to wear your con- uh, i always wear contacts i can't see without oh, contacts right. she's like you're not gonna be able to wear your contacts for like two weeks and uh here's some medicine take it once a day here's my drops it should be cleared up in like two weeks so that ruined the rest of the trip, my first trip to California. You know, I got to skate a couple of days before, 
They f- and the other funny thing is they filmed the whole thing and gave it to me as like a birthday present. I, I still have the tape somewhere back home. And uh, so anyway, I, once I got sponsored, that story got told a couple times, you know, just in passing. And uh, at the Vans Downtown Showdown in 2000, what year was that? Probably eight, seven. Mm-hmm. Those, were, those were crazy contests. You know, I told that story to a couple buddies. I guess it got around a little bit. And uh, Kurt Wright comes up to me at the uh, Vans Downtown Showdown. He just comes right up to me. I'm sitting on a bench. He goes, hey, man, what's your deal? I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, you're just making me look like a bad guy with that story. And I was like, yeah, you pretty much beat me to a pulp and left me out with some shit in my eyes. I was like, it wasn't really that cool. I was like, I don't actually feel bad about telling the story. He goes, well, you're just making me look like the bad guy. And he's like, I didn't even do any of that. I was like, actually, you filmed it and gave me a tape of it. So, <laughs> yeah, you did. Oh, shit. So, anyway, that's uh, how that whole story went down. I mean, God damn. eventually it got crushed because I was on a real trip and we had to do a demo at Subsect, which I, uh, he owns, I believe. And uh, I, remember, <laughs> I remember going, I was young, you know, just being stupid. I was like, I'm not skating in this demo. I was like, screw that guy. I was like, I hope Subsect goes under. I don't even care. <laughs> oh, <laughs> and, uh, but I met all the other dudes who were actually involved with it, not Kurchart. And I was like, ah, oh, my buddies are skating. I'll get over it and swallow my pride and uh, whatever. And skated the con- skated the demo. All those dudes are super rad, subsect. And uh, Kurchart was there, and uh, I think he was like, hey, you going out to the bar tonight? I was like, absolutely not. And uh, Dave- Davis went out to the bar with him. I probably throw Davis under the bus by saying this, but he said he went out to the bar with him, and Kurchart had a few drinks, and was like. So man, he really hates me, huh? And Davis was just like, "Yeah, he's definitely not a fan of you." <laughs> <laughs> so, damn, yeah. Well, fuck. That's so funny that he came up to you in like full denial mode yeah. and like tried to make you feel bad for him beating your ass to a pulp. <laughs> yeah, fuck. I'm probably didn't remember that, but yeah, I was never a fan. Uh, but I will say he is one of my favorite skaters. Even after that, I was like, <laughs> <laughs> even so after weird. that, I was like, I could put it aside and be like, all right, he's still one of my favorites, but I don't ever want to see him again. Well, so now that we've all seen his his vice epically later, the man's going on some crazy trips, some near death experiences. <laughs> He's got to be worn down a little bit. And you're a grown ass man. I got asked, man, are you gonna come looking for that revenge one day or what? Nah, no, nah, not <laughs> at all. I mean, he's got he's got a little bit of psycho in him. I don't know that I trust him completely. <laughs> I've heard stories of him getting in fights, but uh, yeah, I don't want, I don't think I want any part of that. But you know, anyway. <laughs> definitely not that's a wild story man i'd I'd pay to see that on etn what hardy versus he hardy first kurchart yeah i haven't nothing he nothing's made me want to pay to watch it yet but i'd watch that yeah he can just go get lost on a boat somewhere i'll be all right yeah uh fuck um so yo what's next for james hardy b working skating when i can and uh yeah that's about it i think i'm moving to vegas in a couple months for work so i'll be in vegas for a little bit so hopefully i'll be able to link back up with a bunch of homies back in california so that should be fun uh and then after that probably coming back down to south texas for a little bit and then probably back to alabama after that so that's, that's about what's it. up you working on a on a on a part or anything or like for for shits and gigs or what uh that's not that's a hard thing too is like if you don't have a filmer then you're pretty much dead in the water so my buddy mm-hmm. that i filmed that homecoming part with on thrasher he ended up yeah. moving away and he was like the guy i always filmed with in alabama so yeah not right now i'm not working on anything in particular and if i had a 
steady filmer to probably get motivated to do something with, and I probably would, but not right now. Damn it. <laughs> It'll come one day, man. Story yeah. ain't over. <laughs> oh, yeah. We're, we're all Insta buddies now, so... <laughs> That's right. Hopefully we'll get we'll get them Insta clips. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I'll get some sure. Insta clips. Everybody's got a phone, so I'll post something every once in a while. That's what's up. <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Yeah, y'all already know what it is. It's Rapid Fire with the Ghost. And once again, we brought to you by Good News Skate Shop. You already know what the fuck it is. Skater owned, skater run. Good News stocks the premium skate goods. And don't waste your time with them whack-ass brands. You dig what I'm saying? So head over to goodnewsskateshop.com. The website's live. They got aisle, polar, quasi, welcome. Everything you need, B. And yeah, that's right. You guessed it. The promo code is on and popping for another week. So get there while you can. Goodnewsskateshop.com. Promo code TheBunt20 for 20% off now. That's TheBunt20 for 20% off. You dig? Yo, yo, hardy, niggy. Let's make it pop. All right, so you ready, B? Hey. <laughs> <laughs> ready as i can be <laughs> favorite skater oh john alley favorite video misled youth favorite video part uh that would have to be guy mariano fully flared at the time it came out i uh you know i knew about oh well, i mean obviously i had seen all his old parts but i remember the first time i watched it i was just completely mind blown with how much he did and the things he did so i'm gonna go with guy mariano on that one favorite style Favorite style would have to be John Alley or uh, Jack Kirk from Australia. I've always I've been good friends with him, and I always just enjoyed his skating. He uh, looks like he has more fun than anybody, and he has a lot of board control. So I'll go with those two. Most talented skateboarder on planet Earth that I've ever been around is Shad, without a question. He uh, is too good, and the stuff he does on a regular basis doesn't ever make sense. <laughs> Favorite trick? Uh, Kickflip. Hardest trick for you? Uh, inward heel flips, but I'm not too bummed on those. Yeah. I, don't really, I don't really like them anyway. You so, don't need but those. Yeah, I'll go with that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah <it's> a, <laughs> Most illegal trick? I'm not a fan of the body varials going on, mm. so de- definitely don't like those. Uh, yeah, I'll just stick with that. Yeah, body varials, I never, never understood them, I guess. <laughs> Favorite clip you've ever gotten? That would be the Nolly 360 flip in San Diego. That was the hardest thing probably have ever done and somehow it worked and it probably shouldn't have <laughs> hell yeah <laughs> uh, gnarliest trick you've ever witnessed hmm. it's gotta be ben gilly the 5-0 in uh san diego where i talked about him breaking his foot was the gnarliest thing i've ever witnessed by far i was terrified to watch and then, but he didn't make it so but that was definitely gnarly uh one thing that comes to mind is uh one of my first overseas trips was to barcelona and we had like just gotten off the plane basically and we went to that six block that everybody skates the real big one yeah chris cole tried frontside half calf flip for what had to be two hours and then did it absolutely perfect and that was at the time and and i was there for that and it was that was crazy that was like one of the gnarliest things at the time yeah that was insane that ride the sky part might have been his best part ever yeah that was mind-blowing he killed it best trick you've ever done that wasn't caught on film (laughs) 
shoot, probably the other day I skated a flat bar and did a fakey five o half cab flip, and I'll never do it again, guaranteed. Damn, Damn so dude. it'll it'll never happen again. It's I've been trying it for years, and I did it on this like ankle high flat bar at the local skate park. But I guess when I was a kid, I did a switch flip down a a ten in my local town. And I think there was a filmer there, but I think he missed it. But at the time, it was like super hard for me. And uh, yeah, I guess I'll go with those two. <laughs> That's insane, though. Switch flip and fakey five oh half cap flip sound. Sounds like you're still shredding, B. Making it sound like you're all fucking broken down and done out here. You're learning new tricks. <laughs> <laughs> I, I, yeah, I don't know. When it feels good, when it feels good. And like I said, if it doesn't, it's definitely not good. <laughs> <laughs> what's this up? Uh, what's the one trick that got away? When we were filming for the real video since day one, I tried to do that 180 switch grind, the back, like 180 switch back 50 yeah, like on. No, I tried it on Oceanside Hubba like five different times. Oh my god. I Is that the gigantic one you back when AD nose grinded? Yeah, that one. Jesus. And uh, I could not get it. I think I maybe got close a couple times, but yeah. I think I landed one foot, but it was just a lot. I couldn't do it, basically. Holy fuck. I always wanted to. I really wanted to for that video. So that's that's uh, definitely the trick, I guess, that got away. Reggie, that thing is like head height. I've been there. <laughs> Anytime I see a clip on that thing, I don't, like, it doesn't make any sense to me. Like, yeah, uh, uh, what's his face? Did fucking Switch Trade Gang member did nolly heel nose nolly heel nose yeah 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 that blew my mind when i yeah, saw me that. too like, like how, how the fuck do you get that up there blake's so good shout out to blake carpenter he's done some crazy things whenever i've been around him that yeah. switch three flip lip where he jumps the bar into the water yeah that would probably be another one of the gnarliest things that i've ever seen uh, i was there for that yeah that was crazy yeah he's he's a boss but yeah anything i always got so much respect for anything i see on that hubba because when i went there i was just mind blown at, at how tall it is and like it's a big drop like kickback tail uh your back 180 nose grind um kickback tail the kid on flip with the blonde hair long blonde hair oh, these yeah, days alec, yeah alec yeah, yeah. Uh, someone did who did kick front nose someone did that uh paul hart yeah Jesus. that was insane yeah dompier back nose blunt yeah, I'm not sure he made it. Oh, true. But there was a photo. Yeah, I don't think he made it. I'll just throw it out there. <laughs> even even locking that though, yeah. respect. <laughs> yeah, that yeah. Thing's uh, fucked. Corey, I think Corey Corey Glick actually back nose blunted it. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So it actually got done, just not by Dompier. Yeah, someone did Dompier kick crooked? I feel like I saw that. Yeah, he, he did do that, and that was insane at the time. You know, that was before anybody did anything weird on that hubba. Yeah, fuck. Jesus. TK nose grind shout out. <laughs> I love TK. Um, okay, we got sidetracked. What's the last new trick you learned? I guess you just told us. Yeah, I, it would be that. Uh, before that, this is a random one. Uh, switchback tails. I could never re- for whatever reason figure them out, but I finally learned those recently. Damn, so, dude. Switchback tails. I know I'm late to the game. You don't have to say it. <laughs> yeah, uh, better late than never. That's right. I can't chirp my man Hardy. <laughs> even though you deserve one for that <laughs> if you never started skating what would you be doing uh probably just continue to play sports mm, got a chick pregnant and worked a normal job i don't know <laughs> nothing nothing good what sports did you play soccer and baseball i always wanted to play football my mom never let me because she said it was too dangerous because my older brother played 
and then she got me a skateboard and yeah <laughs> it's probably worse your yeah. your body's probably more fucked than your brother's yeah yeah exactly but what's your favorite way d clip i think we kind of talked about this earlier but the hill flip backsmith that he did on that rail just because it was the first time i ever saw wade and it was ridiculously gnarly at the time and i didn't even know people did hill flip backsmith and that was the first one i ever saw <laughs> so definitely that clip um favorite local brand uh face skate supply if we're talking about skate shops Water. Uh, favorite local skater <laughs> uh ross martin yeah boss Foss Farton. <laughs> yeah, shouts to fucking Ross Farton. Yeah, he's, always good. <laughs> he's always a good time. Favorite teammate ever? Oh, that's a toss-up probably between Justin Brock, Jake Donnelly, and Davis Torgerson. All those are good friends. I keep in contact with them on the regular. Triple threat. Real gang. Worst company? Ooh, uh, Supreme. Oh, jeez. <laughs> oh, shit. <Better> turn up. <laughs> Yeah. Don't hold if back. You ever, if you ever walk into a Supreme, it's not very inviting. We probably won't ever do it again. So, Supreme. <laughs> Worst trend? Mm, Supreme. Jeez. <laughs> Yo, we hear you loud and clear, B. <laughs> Worst style? Worst style. It's hard for me to say that someone has the worst style because if you just step on a board and that's how you look that's just how you look yeah you got no <laughs> choice worst style <laughs> so you but, get someone with the fake style yeah so i would but i would say that people who try to have too much style i cannot stand that like mm-hmm. people who roll up with their arms pre-planned and they roll away with their arms pre-planned if we're going to stick with supreme i could think about sean pablo <laughs> Oh, God damn. Oh, oh. It's a good old-fashioned barn burner up in this rapid fire. <laughs> Yo, Ants, cue them gunshots, Sneaky. He's, he's, he's good enough. He doesn't need to add any extra style. I just don't like it when you pre-think your landing and your rollaway. Just just skate. That's what I've always been a fan of. Yeah, let the real style come out. Word, word. Uh, last person you want on the sesh. Don't do it to uh, him, dog. Heath Kirchner. Oh! <laughs> yeah. Butter. Damn. Damn, B. You're like one of them super nice guys, but you you had some shots lined yeah. up, B. It's premeditated, dog. God damn, yeah. Sniper. Man, that was easy. Brought out the sniper rifle. Super. <laughs> All those were easy. Oh, uh, yeah. Yo, Woo, James Hardy, one of my favorites. Killed it. Ended it with a bang. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. It was fun. I'll see you guys uh, hopefully soon. We'll, uh, we'll be talking. Yeah, yeah, dog, you, you did know, not for, disappoint. If we're ever in the same city, you know we're trying to get a fucking old man cane session in. Hey, funny story. Did I say this earlier that I was on the trip where you went up to the real van and gave oh! the Bravo quote? Oh, my God. <laughs> what happened? Holy fuck. You remember when I, I told the story? I don't even remember who we were interviewing, but I told the story when the real guys parked across the street from my high school uh-huh. and me and phil were like went up to the van it was one of the, yeah yeah and i it was an email it was an email you're answering worst uh oh uh experiences with the pro or and you're like oh it wasn't the worst but it was damn awkward and you went yeah up to yeah the, <laughs> went up to the real van with that quote i was on that trip that i don't so know if i was fun. in the van but the yes, time frame uh, you said i just dropped damien bravo's quote on him what you uh, say? It's like always from the top, son, uh, or whatever he said. The grip tape quote. Yeah, and they, they just all looked at me like no one laughed. It was, 
I was probably like 15, 16. Like that was, that was. You remember that? Uh, I was on the trip because he said the time frame. He said he was in the tenth grade. That would put me in the eleventh. And real only did like, like one trip to Canada in the yeah. past ten years. And I was on that trip. Holy so fuck! I definitely remember just. Like, <laughs> I remember whatever. we saw I them th- in the city a bunch of times. When yeah, the team was here. <clears throat> That's when yeah. you did switch front heel five flat, right? Yes. Yeah. 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 We were trip. there that night. <laughs> okay, I was there somewhere, lurking around. Right. I was probably just That's eating amazing. Tim Hortons. Yeah. We were probably just watching. Yeah, fuck. At yeah. that at the time, I probably we probably didn't even know who you were. Like you were. Pro- yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, I was on flow, so that was like one of my. I think it was my first real trip, actually, very first. Oh, that's so funny. You guys dusted me, man. Tried to come over, <laughs> be a little nice fanboy. You guys just gave me that that cold stare, and I just walked away walked away like <laughs> just like god damn oh wow yeah, I, I, I apologize for that one on behalf of the real team <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's all good man nothing but love you good <laughs> Welcome to the Post Office, brought to you by our good friends at Time Bomb Trading. And this week, we talk in America's shoes, brand new Wino G6 slip-on, bringing Best Buds, Colin Provost, and John Dixon together for two very special colorways. Colin's coming at you clean with the all-white slip-on, while John goes classic with the black and white version. The Wino slip-on is infused with G6 PU insoles for first-rate cushioning, and it's backed and approved by Colin Provost and John Dixon, so you know it's the real deal. Head down to your local skate shop and get yours today. You've got mail. All right, first up, we got an email from Peter Dalmer. Hi, guys. Big fan. The Olympics is coming in hot in 2020, but if you could choose a five-star lineup from any country, who would you choose to compete? I'm going Canada. What are you saying? All right, it's- I don't know. It's going to be hard to go against Brazil for any country, man. I know the States, they can probably put out a pretty solid lineup. They could probably put up 10 solid lineups, but Brazil's just got that knack, man. They got Tiago is number one. Then we're going to go with Luan, number two. And then I was thinking throw TX in there because you need some veteran help. But with this squad, man, I think we throw Carlos Ribeiro in there. It's pretty much over, man. That's real shit. That's real shit. How are you going to compete with that lineup? What are you going to do? I'm going to approach it with the Jamaican bobsled team styles and just come in with the, the jokes lineup for Canada. You know what I'm saying? We'll put on a show, get the crowd behind us because we're underdogs. I'm going to start with Wade D. <laughs> and then I'm going to throw in that veteran presence, Brian Weary. And I'm going to round it out with the infamous Canadian skate midget, Mitch Barrett. That's who you're sending to the Olympics. And all three of them going to be wearing them bunt hoodies. You That's know what I'm saying? Talk. And it's going to be a show. <laughs> all right, next up, we got an email from Connor Holiday. You boys watched that new Corey Duffel part. I had to go back and re-listen to his rapid fire to make sure I wasn't tripping. But he definitely claimed cuff pants as worse trend than dropped a full part wearing nothing but. That shit can fucking miss me. Also, I'm no Osiris fan by any means, but how are you going to be bummed on Osiris shoes and then put out a full part in fucking clown shoes? I could rant about this all day, but I'm interested to hear what you dudes think. I'm sorry Corey Duffel's part bothered you so much because he contradicted himself, but you know what I'm saying? After interviewing him, 
He's dope as hell. One of the nicest dudes we've had on the show. So I got nothing bad to say. His new part obviously wasn't his best, but it was just good to see the man having some fun after a full career of destroying his body. Looks like he's out there having a blast. So shouts to you, Corey. Keep doing your thing and keep fucking hating on shit and then rocking it. I like it. <laughs> yeah, mad respect to the Duff man. Came through with a full part. Man, that shit ain't easy, to tell you the truth. But uh, Corey Devil's never been my favorite uh, clothing style anyways, so <laughs> I didn't think anything was going to change with this new part. <laughs> All right, next up, we got an email from Sid. Subject, what the fuck? Hey, guys, have you hung up the gloves? I've been checking my podcast player compulsively for nearly two months now and still nothing. Looking forward to the next episode. Also, do you have a patron? That was a patron. I don't know. I, by what he says after that, I'm assuming it's just somewhere they can donate money to or procasts. Oh, okay. Do you have a patron? I'd be happy to send you a few bucks a month. <laughs> oh, shit, Brad. That's very nice of you, Sid. Man, we definitely took quite the little break between seasons. We were both down beachside sipping those pina coladas. Time flies. Yeah, our bad, our bad. We promised. We said this last time, but the break will be shorter next time. It's just the holidays and then our vacations and then waiting for the New York fucking live show thing kind of kept pushing our schedule back a week at a time so we're back now yeah, I was you know gonna what I'm say. saying don't worry you got us for three months we're here now it is what it fucking is eh? next up we got an email from Big Dog yo geez enjoyed your little video skit you did for the Chima Ferguson New York episode very amusing let's have more of those also, are you able to put the bunt on Spotify? They do have a podcast section. I'm sure me and all the other dogs at the kennel will be grateful. Lots of love. <laughs> dogs at the kennel? Yeah, okay, yeah. You know, we just put it on Stitcher, TuneIn, and that other one, I forget. But uh, Google Play? Google Play. Yeah, we can holler. I'm sure if Spotify, if all it takes is a little RSS feed, <laughs> we got you <laughs> still, eh? You got the lingo, huh? <laughs> Alright, next up we got a long ass email from Julian, aka at the jump off. Just want to say first off how much I love the fact that this podcast mixes two of my favorite things in the world. Schooling some of those skaters out there to be true team sports fans. Much love to that. As far as skating goes, my man the ghost in 2018-19 needs to put out a part with him rapping over it. Because mm. <laughs> that music video he put out on the site is a barn burner. Yo, shouts to you. This summer, I'm going to try and drop a new music video. You feel me? Uh, but <laughs> Got him feeling himself right now. <laughs> but the NBA, you guys were really counting out the Celtics over Cavs in the East. With the Cavs' complete twist, they threw into the mix at the trade deadline. What do you see as the future of that team? And me being from Boston, do you see my Celtics next season based on how they've done this year? And with the return of Gordon Hayward and the addition of Greg Monroe, does this give them a real chance against the West? And finally, back to the babe debate from season five. How are you not going to throw my girl Lizzie Armanto into that mix, G? Damn, yo, it was crazy. There was like one week, I think it was like two weeks ago, where the Cavs were favored. Or uh, sorry, the Celtics were number one team in the East. And then the Raps came in there real quick. And then they were talking about the Raps being the number one team in the East. And then the Cavs made all their moves. And now the Cavs are the favorites again. I'm still sticking with the Raps, man. I like what the bench does. But the Celtics with Gordon Hayward, that's, that's a problem right there. That's some real shit. The Celtics, I mean, LeBron's not getting any younger. He's leaving, man. 
Fuck. The Celtics are younger than the Raptors. Like, the Raptors might have, like, another year or two where they can be top of the East. But it's looking like the Celtics are the front runners to be, you know, the Lucky team Mike. of the, the next five years in the East. Uncle Drew is crazy, man. He's crazy. But they, they have been slowing down a little bit before the break. We'll see if they can yes, get rejuvenated. Over- overachieving a little bit now. Oh, definitely. They oh. really know. They need, they need Gordon Hayward out there. But, man, the Cavs, like... Jordan Clarkson and Larry Nance are not going to keep LeBron there. If we know anything about LeBron, it's, he likes to play with some goddamn all-stars. So <laughs> if he leaves, I'm done with his ass. So I hope he stays in Cleveland, man. Yeah, as far as the Cavs go, you know, everyone's overreacting to them winning two games. I, I do think they got better and younger, but uh, I still think the Celtics and Raps have a chance come playoffs more so than in years past. And then as far as the Celtics next season... Yo, Gordon Hayward, man. That's my guy. Big fan of his. I also have always loved Greg Monroe since his Detroit days because he did some big things for fantasy. I don't know if they'll still have him next year, but um, they're definitely going to be a team to fuck with. Yeah, don't forget Jason and Jalen. Yeah, Jalen Brown. But, but big picture, until, you know, some internal shit happens in Golden State and maybe... They don't have enough money for Clay or Draymond on their next contract. I think they're still the favorite to win it year in, year out. We're discounting Houston here. Yeah, right? Houston's doing some some mad things, but yo, you know how it is. It's the same in the West as in the East. We could beat teams can beat the Cavs all regular season long. It don't matter when the playoffs come. When push comes to shove, these guys are familiar with each other now. You know the the Raps and fucking whoever else. Uh, the Hawks and shit in years past have beaten this, the, the Cavs in the regular season and then when it's time to fucking get down to business it's a wrap so I don't know if CP3, Harden and them will have that kind of chemistry yet for when push comes to shove in the playoffs you feel me Golden State's still gonna fucking make it happen yeah. and then uh, Lizzie Armanto I'm not familiar with her but no, it's the birdhouse girl but what did he mean in terms of... Were we I think last about? season we picked girls, our favorite skate girl. You went with Nora, and I said Letitia. Oh, word. And he's saying Lizzie should be in the mix, dog. Yo, Lizzie, eh? Let me take a quick Google search. Oh, I have seen this girl skate before. <laughs> she's tight. Yeah, yeah, she's in the mix. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Shouts to Lizzie. Um, Jesus. Let's keep it moving. Thanks for the email. All right, next up, we got an email from MAS1. What's up, big dogs? Mad hyped on the new season. Who are some dream guests that you want to get on the show? Skateboarders primarily, but anyone that gives back to our culture. Pro sport athletes may be included, but they would have to really know what's up. Shout out to the crew, TM, boy. We've answered this a couple times, so I'll just throw out the skaters quickly. Rodrigo TX, Arto Sari, Scott Kane. Some, of the, Kane, some of the guys that I would love to interview. And um, as far as non-skaters who kind of give back to the culture, I don't know if, if y'all saw Ocho Cinco drop in at a skate park <laughs> and then he rides up the next bank. He has a cigar in his hand and slams so hard on his back. That shit was gold. He would be hilarious. He was back out the next day skating, though. <laughs> yeah, so sick. He's learning, man. Uh, some skaters, Ave. Gino, maybe Heath. Damn, when I was a kid, I used to love Tosh Townend, so maybe get Tosh Townend on the show, see what's good with him. That'd be sick. Um, pro athletes, man. 
maybe Jalen Ramsey, pretty outspoken young man with the Jacksonville Jaguars. Also asked, he got asked what he was going to do in the offseason, and he said he wanted to come visit Toronto. So, oh, okay. shouts to Jalen okay. Ramsey. Maybe, you know, swing by Studio E and make it happen. Charles Barkley. Ooh. All right, next up, we got an email from Sam Benson, a.k.a. my mom's. Ooh. <laughs> Dono and Saifa. While I may start it out biased to the bunt, I now look forward to Wednesdays just like thousands of others around the world. Which brings me to my first of two questions. Uh, which five countries have the most listeners? And what is the most surprising country in which you have listeners? So for our top five countries, the United States has taken over Canada, nearly doubled. Actually, more than doubled. Yeah. One. So, so Canada, we need more listens, baby. Come but, on, Canada. But yo, shouts to the States. We love y'all for listening. Number two, we got Canada. Number three, we got the United Kingdom. Hell yeah. They love the accent over there, man. Yo, number four, we got Australia. And number five, with a special place in my heart, Germany. You know I'm coming back this summer, baby. Just Can't barely, get enough too. So I'm going to shout out to Sweden because it's close between Germany and Sweden. That's real shit. For most surprising country, I'm going to go with, I'll say Thailand, man. Sliding into the top 20 there. That's real shit. Shouts to Thailand. Major shouts to the Netherlands because that's where I was born. Shouts to you, mom and dad, for meeting there. Uh, but I'll say most random. Let's go with Latvia and got to give a give a shout out to the Latvian gangbanger, Kristaps Porzingis, as Mike Rapp calls him. But as always, we got shouts T Dot for being the number one city. You know what it is. The bread and butter right there. Yeah, we could break it down in cities too. Number one city, Toronto. Number two, Los Angeles. Number three, Vancouver, Canada, baby. There we go. Two out of three. But major shout out to everyone around the world tuning in. Bunt gang is worldwide, man. And my mom's second question. With all the hashtag Me Too outings in just about every single sector of society, including the world of politics, sports, ballet, medicine, music, corporations, etc., etc., do you fear that the world of skating is up next? Can we assume that some whistles are going to be blown within skating soon? It's got to be tough on girls coming up in this sport. Damn, mom, why you got to go crazy on us with the... We trying to keep it positive around here. Man, Sammy Benson keeping it real. Uh, but I'm going to go ahead and say no, because skaters are good people for the most part, small community, and I hope I hope not only that no whistles are blown, but I hope that it's not happening in the first place, because yeah. I like to think skaters, real skaters that have been skating for 10 plus years, or sorry, I shouldn't put a time limit on it, but, yeah. but you know what I mean? Skaters, there's something about skaters where we kind of... We have a different view on society. We're more self-conscious, I feel, than than the average person. And uh, I would hope that would lead to making better decisions. Yes, we party. Yes, we do a bunch of stupid shit. But uh, I don't know a single skater who's ever done something fucked up like that. So let's hope that that goes for skaters around the world. That's the thing, man, though. It's popping up everywhere. And honestly, at this point, it's not going to be very surprising if, if it's inside our game as well. But we can we can hope that we're better than that. Anyways, I love the bunt and the camaraderie you two have going. Keep up the great work. Thanks, Mom. And that's a wrap on the post office. Holla at your boys, the bunt live at gmail.com.
Keep them coming. Let's hear some voice notes, man. All right, Ants, cue the music. It's the moment you've all been waiting for. It's the rundown, the skateboard world's source for sports. Y'all know we start an NBA All-Star Weekend. It's a little bittersweet because it slows down the fantasy side of things. You got to take a week off. We're in a serious playoff race right now. This would usually be a stressful Sunday, but kick back on All-Star Weekend ourselves. And uh, we're going to start at the three-point competition. Couple low lights, but it ended with a bang, man. What are your thoughts? My thoughts are I don't like Devin Booker at all, so I wasn't that hyped. <laughs> I think he's too cocky for someone who hasn't accomplished shit in the league. Seventy point game. Yeah, he's done he he does the individual stuff, but like he's on Phoenix. Man. He's basically and I'm not trying to take a shot at Monte Ellis because I absolutely love him. But he's he's doing Monte Ellis things, putting up big numbers on a trash team. And uh I don't know. I'm just not a fan. I was bummed. Clay's my guy, man. Got him on my fantasy team. He's been one of my top five favorite players in the league for a few years now. And uh, I was hoping he'd pull it out. But my real thought on the whole thing was they, they need to fucking... They're trying to get bigger names, bigger stars in it, like the Kyle yeah. Lowry's and the All-Stars. But I want to see good shooting, not big names. You know what I'm saying? Let's, where's the JJ Reddicks, the Kyle Corvers, and the fucking... Marco Bellinelli's of the world, the three-point specialists. I want to see the best shooters, not Bradley Beal, Kyle Lowry, Paul George, guys who are all-stars. But Tobias Snap, though. Man. Yeah, Tob- Tobias was He's proper. Wet. But I don't know. That it was kind of it wasn't that dope. There's too many mans out there looking hungover, like Shaq said. Ooh, hot take. A lukewarm now, but when Shaq said it, it was hot. <laughs> Uh, man, they did it for the skills competition. The like skill set one. They had Dinwiddie out there, Embiid, some guys you wouldn't uh, you wouldn't think you'd see, and it made it interesting, man. Yeah, I like the bigs. In what there I didn't for understand, sure. yeah, it was why some of the guys wouldn't try and hit it from half court when that guy's already shooting at the three point line. Like throw it up. That's what Reggie was saying the whole time, and I thought the same thing. That's real shit. One thing I gained from that though, Laurie Markinen, he could shoot, man. I need to make a trade for his ass. Quickest to 100 threes. It's crazy. That's insane. The man's like seven feet tall. Yeah, but back to the three-point. I'm the same with you. I'd like to see guys who that is their game, shooting three-pointers, not just the coolest guy you could get out there. And there's something about Devin Booker's haircut, man. I don't mind his I don't mind his NBA game, but something's got to give with his haircut, man. Yeah, he's, he's dusty. So after that, the main event, obviously, the dunk contest it's it's good it's bad we thought we were on to something there with zach levine and aaron gordon but they were both out this year what are your thoughts the they were giving out 50s on some dunks that weren't necessarily 50s the judging panel was a disgrace mark Ooh. Wahlberg, dj khaled you know fans Dude, of them dj khaled was the only real judge except except he was biased because he gave everyone low scores and then he gave oladipo like a nine when everyone else gave him like sevens he was feeling the black panther so i don't know they bring back like the panel of people who've actually played the game or like, one before lisa leslie and dr j were the only legit judges They're dropping tens too why was chris rock and like Khaled yeah, of Mark all Wahlberg. people and if you know me you know I fucking love DJ Khaled matter of fact you a genius but he wasn't a genius pick you feel me yeah I thought they needed uh, more time man they should have got another round 
And I swear, if Oladipo had to bang that first one, he might have won the whole thing, man. Because yeah. I think he had more in his, up his sleeve. Same with Dennis Smith Jr. That guy can bounce. But, hey, here comes Donnie, man. You can't deny Donovan Mitchell up here in T-Dot. We love the Vince Carter. So It's funny. It's funny. He did Vince's dunk tribute. Larry Nance did one of Vince's dunks from his epic 2001. They both did them way worse than Vince 18 years later. Mm-hmm. So that just goes to show how much of a true dunking legend Vince is. But it was kind of underwhelming after, two years ago, was the best one in a long time, and it's still the best, probably since the Jason Richardson things and, and Dwight and Nate Robertson throwing down and shit. Yeah, that brings to my next question. Who, What was your favorite dunk contest of all? Don't tell me it was when Terrence Ross won. <laughs> nah, that was dusty. I think we watched that one in Miami. And in Florida, yeah. Uh, that was funny. My favorite one, like Vince, it was so long ago. I don't even remember if I watched that one live. No, but that was like, but that, that, that was huge. That's the one. But then um, when Dwight won, that was epic. Dude, Superman, when he Su- threw Superman. the ball in, didn't even dunk it. Yeah, I really, yeah, that was hilarious because we were all thinking if it, if he threw it off the back rim, it would have flown to the opposite end of the court. It would have been one of the biggest buildups ever. The, the bringing out the booth. I can't believe he got that. Kenny man. Smith, like losing his mind. And yo, Kenny Smith truly is the voice of the dunk contest. So at least they they did that right. They kept the voice some some of the main voices, but they just fucked up with the judges. But yeah, shouts to Donovan Mitchell, big fan. Best dunk of the night, in my opinion, was Dennis Smith Jr.'s 360 through the legs, finished with the left. Yeah, um, that was insane for for a smaller guard. And uh, it's unfortunate that he couldn't make the finals because he probably had some next crazy shit up his Larry Nance. Sick dunks, but you just look clunky out there, you know? Yeah, I wanted Donovan Mitchell to win, but it would have been hilarious if he did the it's over and then lost. Larry Nance won. (laughs) Larry Nance was so dusty with the one he bounced off the backboard. Obviously, that's so hard, but then he, like, went over to the judges and, like, explained it to them. Do you know how hard that is? (laughs) Like, yo, if you have to explain it to the judges, you ain't shit. Let the replay come, man. Yeah. We talked about the skills comp a little bit before, but... One thing we did see and does not surprise me, Joel Embiid is not ready to take an L ever. Did not make the pass through the basket, but you see him running down there to make the layup. What are your thoughts on Joel Embiid cheating and should he be suspended for (laughs) five or ten games from the NBA season? That was amazing. I fucking love Joel Embiid. And I've never seen someone try and cheat in the skills competition. So uh, I just got to give him mad props for that. He stays entertaining the people. Love him or hate him. He's entertaining as fuck. You want to move over to the NFL? Let's do it, man. What's popping? There is a big free agent on the market by the name of Peyton Manning. (laughs) There are two suitors, ESPN and Fox, both fighting for Manning to step into the booth. They're seeing the success and how everyone's raving about Tony Romo and they're like oh shit we need our own version of Tony Romo who can yeah. break down shit like no other which it was pretty funny but that that's just a compliment to Tony Romo if anything hell yeah but I think they were trying to get Peyton Manning last year too before we even saw yeah yeah as soon as he retired you know what they the were trying craziest to get part is that Jay Cutler was supposed to be in the booth all year too but then he got that last minute yeah. Dolphins money yeah. so Jay Cutler's gonna be up there eventually but Peyton Manning I think the only reason that he wouldn't is because he would get into coaching, which you could obviously, he'd probably do quite well at. 
probably be a hell of a coach. I heard Tony Romo on Bill Simmons' podcast, and they kept asking him about, you know, coaching, and he kept trying to dodge the question and say he's very happy doing what he, he's doing. But I was like, that's one of those guys where in his first year, I'm already so hyped on him. I don't want him to coach because yeah. I want to keep, keep his voice just as much as you want to keep fucking Jeff Van Gundy. Yeah, you, you want to keep them all there. Yeah. What I think the, NF, uh, the NFL is catching on to that the NBA has fully embraced is the players only. It's like it's a little more unfiltered, unscripted. You go, there are going to be some boo boos on live television, but that's yeah. what people want to see. Yeah, not even just the boo boos. You just want to, you just want to fucking listen to the guys that you love watching, and if they have a good personality, it doesn't get much better. TNT, best to ever do it. Fucking Shaq, Charles, Kenny, and EJ. That's the that's the way you got to do it. And now, what is it? Uh, area Area Twenty One with area. KG <laughs> is full of boo boos, man. Holy shit! His, his hood is the best, man. <laughs> I heard there was some someone asked him in an interview if the if he tapes his hood on there. But one more little football note: Antonio Brown made a starring role in Drake's brand new music video, God's Plan. Have you seen Antonio's dance moves in Drake's vid? Not yet. My buddy was watching the music video at work the other day, and he literally paused it twice. He teared up, paused it, gathered himself, pressed play again, paused it again, teared up. I was you like, "Gotta watch it, man!" God damn! I saw it without. I wasn't listening. I just saw. It. I'm like, "Why the hell?" Almost are you a million dollar budget, and they gave it all away. They yeah. just did a free video. Clark's good friend, Karina, directed the music video from Toronto. Shouts to her. Shouts to Karina. Not that you're listening, but. You know, that's big for Toronto. That's huge. You know what I'm saying? Enough respect. Oh, enough respect for Drizzy. I no, like it. For, new, new Saifa, 2018, no. season six, repping the six God. No, you're going to hear tons of Drake on the next episode oh now God. that we got the Saifa approval. It's enough respect to my one of my sister's best friends <laughs> directing the music video. What about Drizzy, man? You got to watch the video to really give it the respect it deserves, man. You don't understand right now. We're going to move on. <laughs> Moving on to hockey. Man, I really thought you might have gotten into this uh, Olympic hockey if the NHLers were there because it's a hell of a tournament. But sadly, the NHL is fucking up again. This guy, Gary Bettman, is running this business into the ground. But what are we going to do? Now we're stuck with non-pros over at the Olympics. Team Canada is looking pretty rusty. Team USA, who, if they had their NHLers here, would be a hell of a team. Lost 4-0 to Russia, which it's a big L. But they got Ilya Kovalchuk over there doing his thing. You remember Ilya? Hell yeah, I remember the name, not the player. Yeah, he got shipped out of the NHL over to the KHL. So he gets to go in there, and he's having the time of his life. Bro, you really blessing the people with that NHL talk this week. And, yo, we got another surprise. The one and only Mike Henry footy chat is back in the booth. Mike, tell the people what's good. Back at it again for season six with some footy chat. So, man said team's not hot. Team's always hot. Also, if you're going to say that my team's not hot, you better make fucking sure you say who your team is. Okay, but that being said, right now, Manchester City are sitting top of the table with 72 points. With the oh-so-humble Manchester United 20-time champions... Manchester United in second with 56. So with the Christmas period over and the transfer window closed, it's everything to play for. A couple big transfers that happened were Manchester United picked up Alexis Sanchez from Arsenal in a straight swap deal seeing Mkhitaryan head over to the Gunners. 
Arsenal weren't finished either. They picked up highly sought after Pierre-Emerick Aubameyang from Borussia Dortmund and sending Oliver Giroud to main rivals Chelsea. So with that said, it's time to focus back on the FA Cup and the Champions League. Manchester United pushed themselves into the quarterfinals of the FA Cup, having beaten Huddersfield 2-0 and are still to play the round of 16 match against Sevilla in the Champions League. Other news in the Champions League, Liverpool managed to beat Porto 5-0 away from home, all but confirming their spot in the quarterfinals. Notable games coming up this week, Chelsea take on Barcelona, Bayern Munich take on Besiktas, and finally, Sunday the 25th of February, Arsenal take on Manchester City at Wembley in the League Cup Final. That's it from me, the bunt is back for Season 6, the Champions League is back, it's a World Cup year, what more could you ask for? Well, maybe a bunt vans collabo, that would be sick. Anyway, that's it from me, get in! Oh shit, Mike Henry. Yo, you back like cook crack telling the people what's really good trying to educate the masses like myself but uh i still don't know shit but we appreciate you blessing our soccer fans out there on to the next one uh we gonna introduce a new little segment for the rundown on wax weekly me and donald gonna go head to head make a couple picks for the upcoming weeks sports and uh we're gonna have a big scoreboard add up all our points till the end of the season whoever comes out on top we're gonna leave it to the people to give us suggestions for what the prize should be uh prize or punishment prize man. or punishment you know what i'm saying it could be something mellow like winner you know the other person has to buy the other one a steak dinner or you or gotta something. get a tattoo on your ass no <laughs> whatever you want yeah you about to see how delusional you really are out here bro all right yeah so hit us hit us with suggestions it's just gonna be a little quick fun segment at the end of every rundown on wax weekly host to host battle axe whatever you want to call it man we gonna call it me versus you wax weekly battle let's let's fucking go what, what's this week's fucking so we're picking three games each week sometimes we'll pick the same winner sometimes we won't we're gonna tally it up at the end of the season you know where we starting nba all-star game lebron versus steph it's 3 30 p.m on a sunday games coming on in four and a half hours the people already know who's the people, picking the listeners what. know it's gonna be the king lbj i'm gonna ride with him for the rest of the season and we'll decide what happens if he leaves cleveland or not i'm still with you for now bro you got goran Dragic on your team <laughs> sadly i hate injuries but uh Team LeBron took four L's. You guys lost Chris Stapps. You lost fucking uh, Kevin Love. John Wall. You lost John Wall. And you lost DeMarcus. Team Steph is still intact. We got Kyrie and KD, don't we? Yeah. Yeah. So So, Team Steph, boom. The world is flat, baby. Safe and Steph, Donald and LeBron. What else is new? Game two, next Saturday night, February 24th, the Golden State Warriors. Versus the Oklahoma City Thunder. I think it's one and one on the season so far. Paul George really put an ass whooping on them last time they played. And I don't see why this week's going to be any fucking different, man. The Thunder are for real, baby. I like it. I love it. Matter of fact, you a genius for picking wrong so I can win. It's fucking the Warriors. Well rested. They remember that butt whooping in Golden State. They coming back with a vengeance. 
Uh, it's a rapidy rap. One thing I foresee happening in this game is Draymond's going to lose his cool, end up kicking Steven Adams. He's getting suspended. It's going to be a meltdown in Golden State's uh, locker room after this one. You know, you're getting a little too comfy never uh, having to answer any questions about hockey. So we're got to put a hockey game in there. You know, usually it'll be the Maple Leafs. Maybe if there's some, a really good game on, we'll switch it up. But we'll stick to the Leafs for now because the man needs to learn about the real Toronto squad. So same day, next Saturday, the 24th, the Leafs are up against Boston. Two and three in our division. Boston just ahead of us. Personally, I don't know how the hell they're doing it. There's this uh, mixed match lineup they got, but they're doing it. Tuka Rask standing on his head as usual. Should have been our goalie, but is what it is. I'm going with the Leafs. Feel free to ride with your hometown squad if you want, but... Nah, I'm greedy. I want to be up 3-0 after the end of our first weekly wax or whatever we're calling this segment. I'm going with Boston. Shouts to Dutchie. Shouts to Dana. Shouts to Egg Benny. D Millie, all y'all niggies. Boston, are you doing let's in go. Here, man? <laughs> Where's T Dot at, man? Y'all need to holler at your boy right now. <laughs> this isn't about T Dot and me. This is about me and you, and it's a battle. All right. That's a good way to end the show, man. Real shit. With us on opposite ends of the table. I'll see you when I see you next week. All right, bro. It's on and popping. Thank you, everyone, for listening. We'll catch y'all next week. Big shouts to Vans, as usual, Brixton. Time bomb, grand trading, and always the only Pilsner, Steam Whistle, baby.